Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So as Christians, we're in fact part of a household, the very household of God. And a very simplistic way, this can be our bubble. We want to think about this bubble of two households. And when we think about the bubble of the household of God, we're really thinking about God being on one part of the household and us, his people, being in the other. So we're two households that can come together. As the entrance of what the definition that the government says, not everybody can be in the one bubble. There are certain criteria that you have to meet before you can be in your support bubble. And it's the same with the bubble of the church. God's people, before you become part of the family of God, before you become part of the household of God, there's some entry criteria. John chapter three, verse three says, Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So it's very specific about who's in the household of God. God's bubble, there's a clear way of entry. Jesus said in John 14, verse six, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me, through me. So the way into God's bubble, into the household of God, is through Jesus. It's a very clear and defined way. Now let's make it really, really abundantly clear how the difference between God's household and those that aren't into it. I'm going to look at the Old Testament for a wee second. I'm just going to read some selected verses from Genesis chapter 7. You'll know the, uh, the story well. It's all about Noah. So Genesis chapter 7, And then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. So Noah with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. So those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing, bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. If you think of the ark as being the bubble, if you think of the ark as being the household of God, it's a very, very clear defined thing. If you were not in the ark, when God, it was God shut the door, you were perished. And it's the same with the church of Jesus Christ. You have to be born again. You have to be in it. And it's God that shuts the door. In some ways, if we're not in it, our bubble is truly busted. You know, 
People talk about their bubble getting busted, but this is the busted bubble of all time. If you're not in God's household, the future is not good for what lies ahead. Because we will all come to meet our maker at one time or another. There will come a time, and it's God that makes the decision. We've got to know, are we in God's household or truly like the people in Noah's day that weren't in it, is their bubble bust? It's, it's clear that that image of Noah is still applicable today because we read in Matthew 24, as it was in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus' return is getting ever closer. And there will come a time when he returns. And at that point, if you're not in the ark, if you're not in the household of God, then the outcome is only one destination. It's hell bound for the rest. The door in Noah's day was closed. The flood arose. But today the door is still open. There is still time for you to change your ways. There's still time to be part of the household of God. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. It's the day of salvation now. Today we can know what it is to be in the household of God. Romans 10 verse 9. How do we come into the household of God? Well, if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can know the joy, the safety, and the everlasting life of being in the household of God, in God's bubble. We're going to have another example of the difference what it is between being in God's bubble and being out of it. In Exodus chapter 12, and we're reading about the time when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign on you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. For the Lord will pass through the to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. So it's very clear when the angel passed over the land of Egypt, if you weren't under the blood, if you didn't have the blood on the doorpost, then your, your bubble was truly blessed. There was death right across the country. But God's people, because they had blood on their doorpost, were saved. They knew they were going to be all right. They were in God's household. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Much more then, Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Us today, 
It's like having blood on the doorpost. We have the blood of Jesus Christ over us. When we become Christians, when we become born again, then the blood of Jesus is our protection. It brings us in to the household of God. There's great joy with God's people when they come into the household. Revelation 5 verse 9 says, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal. It's talking about Jesus here. For you were slain and and have redeemed us to God by your blood. And out of every tribe, tongue and people and nation. So thankfully it has broadened from just the small number that was saved in Noah's day. The salvation gates are open for everyone that wants to believe. Everyone that wants to become part of the household of God. And indeed, the joy it is that your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, wherever you are in the world today, whatever nation you're part of, you too can know what it is to be in the household of God. It is time to choose your bubble. So what bubble are you in today? Are you part of God's household? Are you out of God's household? For some people, you may be sitting on the fence. Maybe you've been going to church. Maybe you haven't come to the point where you've actually made a decision, a clear decision that I'm going to give my life to Jesus. There's a warning in Revelation chapter 3. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, you have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Many people in the world, because they're self-sufficient, many people think because they have no major problem that they're going to be all right. But the Bible's very, very clear. We have to make that commitment to be part of the household of God. And what we may think our righteousness is, God's Judgment is different. We have got to know for sure that in God's eyes, we're part of his household. The title for today is Blessed Bubble or Burst Bubble. Now, I'm going to spell out another difference here, uh, that we can see the difference from being blessed in God's household and the difference of not not being in. Now, we're going to again take a few verses from um, the Old Testament and I'm going to read, I'm just going to summarize a couple of chapters out of 2 Chronicles. So 2 Chronicles chapter 17, and we're two main characters here. It's Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, who was king of Judah. So 2 Chronicles chapter 17, first of all. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David, and he did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father, and he walked in the commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. So Jehoshaphat was a godly man. He knew God's blessing and was following in God's ways. However, Ahab, the king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me against Ramath Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are and my people as your people. We will be with you in war. Also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So Ahab had a battle situation. He needed Jehoshaphat's help. And Jehoshaphat was saying, okay, there's been some differences really, 
but will come and will support you. But Jehoshaphat was clear. He wanted to know what was God's will for the matter. Now, Ahab, he had a number of prophets with him, people that he would look to to guide him and to lead him. But they basically were yes men. They would sort of say what he wanted to hear. And they came and said, yes, go to war. You'll be okay. Not a problem. Go to war. Jehoshaphat was very clear. He wanted to know, well, actually, what is God's will? Not just what you want to hear. So a few verses more, Jehoshaphat takes it up and says, Is there still not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such a thing. So basically we had um, Ahab, he didn't want to hear the true word of God. And so many people, and even maybe you're listening and watching this uh, uh, live stream today, maybe you just don't want to hear what God's saying, you know. But Jehoshaphat knew that they needed the word of the Lord. But Ahab didn't want to know it because every time he heard the, the, the word of the Lord, it was contrary to his own worldliness. He would rather hear what the world would tell him and his yes men around him. But Jehoshaphat wanted to know for sure what the word of the Lord is. Eventually, the prophet, the true prophet Micaiah, spoke up and said, If ever you return in peace, the Lord is not spoken by me. And he said, take heed all you people. So basically he said, don't go to war. It's going to end in disaster for you. But Ahab didn't want to hear. In fact, he threw the prophet out. But the prophet said, well, let's just see who's right. If I'm the true prophet, it'll come to pass and you'll be defeated in war. So sure enough, we'll read on a few more verses. They went into battle. And it says, now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between, between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle for I am wounded. The battle increased that day and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot facing the Syrians until evening. And about the time of the sunset, he died. So the prophet, the true prophet of God was right. He shouldn't have went to battle. He was going to lose his life. But the people, he didn't want to hear. He didn't want to know what was going to be in front of him. Please do not be like Ahab and reject the word of the Lord. It's true. When God says something, as you can be sure it's going to happen. He rejected the word of the Lord and it was disaster. He was not in the household of faith. He was not in God's bubble. As for Jehoshaphat, so it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, it is he who is the king of Israel. But then they realized it wasn't, it wasn't Ahab. Therefore they surrounded him to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out and the Lord helped him and God delivered them from him. So Jehoshaphat was delivered and you could see the difference here. Now, the next two... Travels chapter 17, if you read on in chapter 19, it's this time the warring factions come against Jehoshaphat. So in life there is battles. Jehoshaphat was facing a battle here. He was in a difficult situation, right? 
So how did he do it different from what uh, Ahab had done? Well, let's read a few verses from Second um, Chronicles chapter 19. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others then besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. See the difference? You know, God's people want to seek the Lord, to know what God's going to do in a situation. So Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So Judah covered, gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to ask the Lord, to seek the Lord. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. People meant business. They wanted to hear from God. This is the wonderful thing when we come in prayer, whatever situation we're facing as God's people and God's household, when we come, we can expect to hear from God and God to intervene. So then the spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet and he said to him, listen all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. What a difference between doing things in God's way and going to battle without the Lord. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The joy of being in the household of God. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and all inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with all the people, he appointed those who could sing to the Lord and who should praise when the beauty who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Amram, Moab and Mount Seir and who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Can you see the difference of being on God's side in God's ways as opposed to being in your own fleshly rebellious ways. Being in the household of God is such a blessing. This is a clear illustration of how God is with his people, how he is with us when we come near unto him. When we think of any household, one of the most important things in any household is the relationships. And the household of God, there's essentially two relationships. There's the relationship we have with God and there's a relationship we have with one another. So the two households, of course, are God, us, are us, the people, and God. Now, it's such a wonderful thing how God wants to be in close fellowship with his people. This household, like many householders, is wonderful. Now, I know for many people, their households have been troubled and their households have been challenging. But when we think of how the church and God can interact, there is such a blessing to be had. 
as we think about our relationship to God and our relationship one with another. Going back to our uh, text that we were taking from Ephesians 2, just to remind ourselves of it. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with all the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus is Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord and whom you're also being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. In the definition that the government said, once you're in your support bubble, you can be in close contact. And this is what we want between ourselves and Almighty God. We can be in close contact. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. There's a wonderful verse in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Hosea 6 verse 3. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord, to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. His appearing is prepared and as certain as the dawn. He will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. I think that's worth repeating. So again, Hosea 6 verse 3. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord, to honor heed and deeply cherish him. His appearing is prepared and as certain as the dawn. He will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. What a privilege that we can come to Almighty God. We're in his household. He wants that fellowship. He wants us to draw near to him. We can have relationship with Almighty God. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and through throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Almighty God wants us to be in fellowship with him. There's some beautiful pictures of this fellowship that we can have with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the book of Ephesians. And I'm just mentioning the verses, but it's well worth reading and reading and reading again. Ephesians 3 verse 19 says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 5 verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to, to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We can be filled with Almighty God. We can be filled with Christ. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. What an awesome privilege. What a household this can be. 
We, like Jehoshaphat, we can call upon Almighty God. Our God is seeking fellowship. We want to be part of this household. We want to be playing our part in this household. It's such a privilege that God wants fellowship with us. He wants to be part of everything that we are part of. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to be partakers in our lives in every department because we're family. We're in this bubble together. We're part of the household of God. Can God look after us? There's a lovely picture of how God looks after his, his people in, um, in Exodus. I'm going to, go to summarize a few verses from Exodus uh, chapters 8 through to 10. Uh, at this point, um, the children of Israel were in Egypt and they had been assigned part of northern Egypt, referred to as the land of Goshen. So at this period, Moses was going to Pharaoh and this was really around the time of the plagues. And just picking up the verses here. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. So while there was flies throughout the, the rest of the land of Egypt, in the land where God's people were, there was no flies. They were in the bubble of God's protection. Again, a bit more on a few more verses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Can you see the difference between in God's bubble and being in the world's bubble? Such a protection, such a difference it is when we're under God's household. And the last one of this, it says, Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Again, another plague, and God's people were protected. We don't know what lies ahead in the future of our nations, but we know as part of God's bubble, there is a protection and there is a fellowship and there is a blessing from being in God's bubble, being in the household of God. Of course, we have to build relationships with one another because we're in this household. We're all going to be in heaven together as God's people. First, uh, first couple of verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For as the body is one and as many members, but all the members that are one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink in one spirit. And for, fact, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So we're all in this together. You know, if you're, if you're saved, if you're born again, if you know you're in God's household, we can come together through with all the people of God. But now God has set members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So this whole picture of the church being a body, and it's very important that we all have to play our part in this body. It goes on to say, if one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. If one member honors, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. A few verses that, that 
support this is in Ephesians chapter 4. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. This is the, this is the church. Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body and the edifying of itself in love. So we have this great relationship with Almighty God. We have this relationship with one another. But it's so important that in this relationship we have with one another, as, this, as we are part of the household, as we are part of the body, that we play our part, everyone has to do their share. In church life, there always just seems to be a, a, a focus in that some people do a lot and others don't do anything. You know, In reality, each one of us have to give an account for our part in the body. Each one of us that are born again, you have a part to play in the body of Christ. Where God has put you, whether you're in this fellowship or a part of another fellowship, you have a part to play in the body. The Spirit works within us for the good of all, so that the body may really grow up into all that God wants us to be. In this household, and in any household, everybody has to share the load. If you think of your own families, you need everybody to do their part in all the chores that need to be done, in everything that needs done around the house. It's the same with the household of God. We have a part to play. I urge you, play your part. Seek God for what part you can play. Now, in this body of the household of God, there's some house rules. There's some things that we have to work at, some things that apply. In any house, there's boundaries and there's uh, house rules. A few verses from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, which I'm sure we're familiar with. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. Now, if we can abide by those wonderful words, then the body of God, the family of God, the household of God will be an enriching, it'll be a blessed place because not only we're playing our part, but the love of God will help us in all our relationships, one with another. It will truly be a happy house. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity... And there's plenty of opportunity to serve in the church. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're in God's bubble. We're in God's household. We need to play our part. So many blessings. And the Bible is so full of wonderful blessings, what it is to be in fellowship with God. We're near finished, but I'll leave you with one here that's really, really true of, of Almighty God's love for us. Romans 8, verse 28, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. That's reading from the Amplified Bible. So 
Again, it's worth repeating. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, just like in any family situation, we're concerned about one another. This family, this household of God, this bubble that we're in with Almighty God at the head, with Jesus as our Savior, is deeply concerned about us. The wonderful thing is he can cause all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plans and his purpose. What a blessing it is to be in God's household. We are truly in the blessed bubble. If you don't know this, what, this joy, if you don't know the benefit and the blessing and the truth of God in your life, I pray that this day, instead of being in a busted bubble, that you will come to know what it is to be in a blessed bubble. The household of God, the family of God, is the most wonderful place to be. There is a challenge before us here, and it's laid out clearly in Joshua 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to serve for you to, sorry, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. We have a choice. We have to be, if we want to know eternal life, if we want to know what it really is to be God's people, if we want to know what it is to come into the household of faith, we have to choose whom we will serve. The door is open. The invitation is going out to you that you would indeed this day choose whom you would serve. For the Christians among us, for us as a church and a fellowship, what I pray for you, do not socially distance from God. Obviously, in the world we're living in, we have to be socially distanced. But from God, we never have to be socially distanced. We want to be in fellowship with Almighty God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I give you some illustrations of the difference between um, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, the difference it makes when we do things in fellowship, in harmony, and working with God. Yes, there's battles to be faced, but when Almighty God is with us, it is such a difference. So choose your bubble. Be part of the household of faith. And for God's people, let's draw near with our great vigor. Let's play our part in building this kingdom. Let's draw close. Let this family, let this household be a close one. And we'll see God move mighty in the midst of us. Just before I close on prayer, I would commend unto you the prayer meeting that we have. Uh, if you're not already part of it, uh, if you contact Gary Gregg, we do it on Zoom every Tuesday night. It's a wonderful time when God's people come together to pray. The details, if you contact Gary, you'll have all the details. It's so important to be praying together and really just to keep contact because we are family. We want to play our part in this family and prayer is part of that. Also, don't forget about Sunday school. It goes on every Sunday morning at 10.30. Gillian's doing a wonderful work there. Um, so be part of it. The activities are still going on. It's different, but we're all in this together. But above all, we're part of the household of God and great and mighty things can God do in our midst.
Let's pause for prayer for a moment. Father God, we do thank you for this moment. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Jesus, that we're under your blood. You gave your very life that we might know your salvation. We thank you, Father, we can be filled with you. We thank you, Jesus, we can be filled with you. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come upon each one of us. And for those that are still thinking, oh, Father God, we pray that this word would fall on good ground and each and every one would come to the place where they put their faith in you, that they put their trust in you and that they would draw near unto you. We do pray your safety, your blessing, your healing, your strength upon your people. And we pray, Almighty God, that you would be lifted up, that your blessing, your fellowship, and your anointing would be upon us in these days. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We look forward to you being with us next week. And as we said, continue to be with us in prayer and lifting up the name of Jesus. What a mighty God we have. Amen.